We all have questions. Questions about faith, relationships, beliefs, politics, social issues, our planet, and God. Where do you go when you're done with cliches and starving for the conversation to ascend? What do you do when you're struggling to find connection within your community, within your church? Join us, Lauren, Danielle, and Jason, to connect, discuss relevant topics, and try to navigate living in the tension of everyday life as Jesus followers. This is The Outsiders Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Outsiders Podcast. I'm Lauren and I am in the studio with my wonderful co-hosts, Jason and Danielle. Before we get started with our episode, I want to check in with you guys. How are you doing and what's one thing that has brought you joy this week? Yeah, thanks, Lauren. I'm actually having a really good week. Uh, Super pumped about things that are happening at church and so I'm excited for the future of our church and ministry. Um, I think we're, we're moving forward into a new chapter, which I'm excited about. But the other thing is, I worked late last night, which is sort of normal, but I got, I received a text from my son. Now my son does not have a phone. He has an iPad that he uses for schoolwork. Um, and he's 10, but he sent me like the sweetest text. I'm gonna save it for like ever. And it's basically like, hey dad, um, are you coming home soon? I hope so, because I want to snuggle. Aww. I was like, dude, that just brings joy to my world. So I have a 10-year-old son who wants to snuggle. Pretty sure that's not going to last forever. Yeah, keep so, that forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. That's cute. Yeah, I'm good too. I feel like the last couple of weeks, um, lots of things have kind of just been falling into place. It's I have a lot on my plate, and a lot of things are really stressful, and just schedule stuff and work stuff and money stuff, um, pet stuff. Like the last couple of weeks, a lot of stuff has just worked out. I feel like it's been a while since I could say that. So still busy, still stressed, but much less than before. That's good. So no, no, what has brought you joy, Lauren? You can't just get out of this. (laughs) (laughs) What has brought me joy? Um, So last, no, two nights ago, I just in a frenzy decided that I needed to rearrange my bedroom at like eight o'clock at night. And it has brought me so much joy because it, it, I feel like, you know, as an introvert, my bedroom is like a, a holy space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it feels even holier. Ooh, that's perfect. So that's great. that is the thing this week that, that has brought me joy. And I slept so good that night, mostly because I was up super early that night to call weather for school and delay it and all that sort of stuff, but it was a good day. All right. So a theme in a lot of our podcast episodes is talking about the need for community and understanding the intricacies of doing life together with friends, family, coworkers, church, and even strangers. When we were planning out episodes, we knew that we had to talk about relationships. So for the next few episodes, we are going to focus on different relationship stages, if you will. We'll talk about singleness, dating, marriage, and even divorce. Usually, each of these stages are lumped into one big topic, either focusing more on dating and or marriage. And I don't think we as humans and the church does a good job of talking about each of these life stages or sections of life particularly well. So our goal in this series is to, number one, acknowledge you, the listener, in whatever relationship stage you're in. Number two, we're going to be frank, share our experiences, and address some of the lies that we've been told surrounding these relationship stages. Number three, we're going back to the scriptures. What does the Bible have to say about these things? 
Number four, how do we as Christ followers and human beings in general support and show up for those that are in these relationship stages? And lastly, we're going to have a little bit of fun because who doesn't like talking about relationships or the lack thereof? That's so true. (laughs) Let's go. So for our listeners, uh, like just for you guys to know if this is the first time that you've listened to us or maybe you haven't caught on in the other episodes, I want us to establish like for Jason, Danielle, and I to establish our relationship statuses so you understand the life stage that we're in and have some context um, in this series for like where we're coming from, what our perspective is, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm in my 30s and I am very single. (laughs) How is one very single? Like single and then very single? Yeah, yeah. Um, You don't have to answer. It's more of a hypothetical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... it's Honestly, I like how it's you have it written in the note, but that's okay. We can keep yeah, going. in my note, I said that I'm single AF. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's what I it just, is. I just want to be nice. It is what it is. But, you know, it where I live, it kind of feels like, like a desert. Just being honest. And we'll talk lots more about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I am in my late 20s, and I have been married for almost exactly two years now. It was two mm. years, like last week or two weeks ago or something like that. Yeah. What? what? That's great. And that was a fantastic wedding. Oh, thanks. So fun. fun. I enjoyed it. I would do it again. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. to the same person. I mean, not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think about next I would, year. But, yeah. I would remarry Patrick <laughs> yeah, yeah. just to have another wedding. No, it's super fun. It's good. To be clear. <laughs> and I'm Jason, and I am in my early 40s, which is wow. Uh, but I have been married to the love of my life. We started dating in high school, actually, um, for 17 years. We've been married. We're going on 17 years. That's exciting. Yeah. We started dating in 1998. It's like 23 years. It's a long time. It's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah, so it's good. All right, so today's episode is all about singleness. That's right. We're talking about being single. Let's go. And and singleness, because I think those... those those are like two different things. Yeah, right now someone's like swerving in the car. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We're celebrating singleness? Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm just going to give a little a d- disclaimer for our listeners. I'm going to try my best not to be the only one talking <laughs> about this subject um, because I just have really strong feelings and, and opinions about it. But I wanted to start off our discussion with, first of all, acknowledging my fellow single people, those of you that are listening that aren't in a relationship at the present moment. I just want to celebrate you for a second and say how awesome you are. And, uh, you know, I just, I think it's important to acknowledge, acknowledge people. So last week I posted two questions on my Instagram asking single people that follow me what they hated most and what they loved most about being single. Um, So here's what they had to say about what they hate most about being single. Not having that person to talk to, to process things with, go grocery shopping, or do things like hiking for safety reasons. Um, They hate going to weddings or events alone and everyone asking why they're still single. Um, They hate the absence of physical touch and a deeper connection with someone. Um, They, another person said, honestly, just the pressure people, society put on me to not be single Um, Another person said, developing patience to not force a relationship unnecessarily. Another person said, comparison. Um, Someone else said, being on my own. And another person said, it's hard having couples post all in your face on social media. Um, 
But almost every single person then responded what they love most about being single is their independence, their me time, their freedom to move, travel, eat, wherever, whenever, and do whatever they want on their own. So I'm curious, Jason, Danielle, like, what are your thoughts on on these responses? Like rearranging your bedroom at 8 p.m. <laughs> right. <at night. laughs> I mean, if I wanted to do that, I would just tell Patrick, that's oh. what we were doing. So. <laughs> but no, I, I think that sounds about right. I mean, I'm not currently single, but before um, dating my now husband, I was single for about eight years, which is a pretty long time. Um, so I remember a lot of those feelings during that season of my life and people always asking why I was single and just being like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what more you want from me. <laughs> if right. I knew, I probably wouldn't be single. Like, how, how do you answer that right. question, like, though? Besides, I'm actually like... just the worst, <laughs> right. and no one should ever date me, and that's why I'm single. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, how yeah. do you answer that? Yeah. Um, but it was definitely something that came up frequently, and I definitely longed for companionship and just having, like, a built-in person that was always <laughs> there. Um but when I did get into a committed relationship, I do remember kind of mourning the freedom when I, you know, of when I was single, which sounds terrible. It's not that I didn't want to be in a relationship, but you just get so used to making decisions and living life for yourself for so long that once there's someone else to factor in, you're kind of like, oh, this is what this is. <laughs> I have to consider you. Right. Yeah. Which again, not a bad thing. Not but a it bad is, thing. it is def- there is a mourning period of, mm-hmm. of losing that, especially when it's been like a huge part of your life for so long. Yeah, no, I, I have a couple friends uh, who we've been friends for years, both a man and a woman, who have had multiple opportunities to not only not be single, but to get married, actually, both of them. And they have both chosen, for, for different reasons, but to stay single. And the biggest reason is because exactly what you're saying, Danielle, um, they highly value their freedom, uh, freedom to spend their money the way they want, vacation, the hobbies the way they want, um, you know, at the end of their work days and their, you know, respected areas, they could just decompress and not have to talk about their day, uh, right? Or they don't have to do a honeydew list or whatever, right? And so just how they can, how they can budget their time and their energy, um, they highly value. And so they have, intentionally chosen this and they're they're very happy so yeah it's good um okay so like oftentimes we've talked about in our previous podcasts i hear a lot of well-meaning christians say absolutely terrible things or or really give awful advice um that oftentimes honestly is hurtful or it's just not helpful and i think sometimes within this there are lies about singleness definitely um To get ready for this episode, I started reading a book, which I love being able to just hear other people's stories um, and, you know, have data and scripture to back it up instead of just like my opinion on stuff. Um, But I read this book. It's called Party of One, Truth, Longing, and the Subtle Art of Singleness by Joy Beth Smith. And she gets real about singleness in the Christian community. Um, It's a great read if you're single. And even if you're not, I think it's something that it's just helpful to understand about like what your single friends um, may be going through. But in her book, she identifies lies that we as single people are told by society or the church community. And it's quote unquote theology that I found to be super interesting and wanted to talk a little bit about. Mm -hmm. So a couple of of the lies is that we assume marriage is for everyone and is coming for us, that your spiritual growth is stunted because you're single, um, that something is wrong with you. 
And here's one that really made me think that Jesus can meet all your relational needs. <laughs> I, I love this, right? Because Christian, we even have a song about this, right? Jesus, wait, I, I'm a terrible singer. Do we? He is our, <laughs> Danielle's look is amazing. Danielle's <laughs> looking at me recognize like, recognize the song. What is wrong with that man? Uh, right? He is our all in all. Oh, like, yeah, don't yeah, we yeah. sing that? Uh, that's a thing, maybe decades ago. Decades, anyway, yeah, that's, okay, that's a but good... Someone right now is like, oh yeah, all in all, I know. Okay, whatever. Point is, okay, yes, Jesus meets our needs. He is our all in all, absolutely. Jesus is all we need. Here's the thing I do find interesting scripturally, right? Um, in Genesis, Moses says that Jesus makes Adam. No sin, right? He gives him a job to do, blah, blah, blah. Everything is fine. And it's just Adam and Jesus and a whole bunch of animals in this, this brand new world that's perfect. And yet our Bible says that Adam was still missing something, right? Uh, so we can't say that, well, all you have to do is, you know, date Jesus or Jesus is all you need. Okay, except within, when, when God says, let us make man in our image, right? And he creates us in his image. He created us in a way for other human connections, right? Intentionally. So I'm not, I don't mean to diminish the value of Jesus and how he meets our needs, but I also think he created us intentionally as humans to crave and interact with other humans, right? For other yeah, with other human connections. Because clearly, the first time in the Bible when God says something isn't good, it's when Adam was by himself. But there was no sin. I think it's good that you said, you know, craving human connection and relationships, and you didn't just use the word marriage. Because Mm, yeah, God did create us for connection and and relationship and human interaction and community. Um, But, you know, like you said before, marriage maybe isn't coming for everyone. So we can still have that connection that we were created for. Sure. Well, in other ways. I mean, I just honestly got that from the Bible because it, it, God says it's not good for man, a human, to be alone. So it's aloneness that's the issue. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. And the author, like, she pushes back on this idea of dating Jesus. And I think that there's intention with taking time to spend with Jesus, but. We are commu- we are created for that that human connection, and we're meant for community. We're meant to be in relationship um, with people. So I'm not hating on anyone who has like decided to do that because I think that there is value, especially as a single person, to create that time by yourself with Jesus so that it becomes a habit so that if there is a dating relationship or a marriage, kids are like you already have that established thing. Yeah, and I think that the whole idea of, you know, relying on Jesus to meet all of your needs, all of the, that need for connection and companionship, I think it becomes particularly difficult as your community and friend group continue to age and move through different stages of life because you have your circle and as that starts to happen, the circle of of your people that are in the same stage of life or same place of life as you get smaller and smaller and people get married and start to have kids. And life just starts to look so different. And like suddenly the people that are doing the same stage of life as you, you're like, where did they go? And and I agree that we were definitely meant to do life with people and that community and companionship are so important. But the more things change in your circle, the more you become aware of what feels like this gap because you see all these people around you that have this thing that you're told you're supposed to strive for. And then you're like, well, is God just supposed to completely fill this gap now? And I think expecting that can be really hard. And like you said, it's not because God doesn't or can't meet 
relational needs, but it just feels like there are needs that others don't need God to fill because they have a spouse or they have a family and stuff. And so it's like, how do you figure all that out and reconcile all of that? Like it just, it gets a lot messier and a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm like praise handsing over here, <laughs> if that if that is the word. <laughs> well, and I know Lauren and I have talked a lot about this because Lauren and I met as very single women together. Like we were roommates, we were both super single, and then I started dating someone and got married. And so we've had to go through that journey together of navigating this new lane of our friendship with me now as a married person. So we've had countless conversations about this. Yeah, and I think as a single person, like Danielle said, you know, it's natural for your your circle to really get bigger as spouses and kids are are added and you do feel that gap. Um, and because things change, like I'd like to think that I can adapt pretty well, but it seems like it's you're always adapting to new relationships, right? And and those changes. And you kind of have to go through a grief process of like Yep, still single, right? And it's and it's not that it's a horrible thing, but it's just kind of the reality of what it is. And I think what I've loved about my relationships with my married people is that I can be honest about where I am, right? Like there are times where it is really hard to be by yourself and you and at least for me, like I wish that I had that companionship. And I think not diminishing that and not being embarrassed about it, but just saying like, hey, this is what it is. Like I'm working on myself. I'm like living my best life and all that sort of stuff. But this is also something that I want too. Um, So (laughs) one of the other lies that really got to me um, that, that this author mentioned was that God is waiting for you to be ready. And I just think this is super dangerous, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard that one a lot too, especially like when I was single, they were like, you know, you just got to keep, keep getting better. And I think that there's a big difference and that there should be a distinction between God waiting for you to be ready and God always wanting you to continually work on yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, do I think that there are people out there that shouldn't be in relationships? Like I will say it louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Absolutely. Some of y'all should not be dating right now. Like it's just, it's just a fact. (laughs) But do I think that that's why some of my friends who are absolutely the most amazing people that I know are single? No. You know, I think that some people use the whole God is waiting for you to be ready thing as a means to make people quote unquote better themselves or almost like trick or like manipulate people into changing things. And I mean, yeah, we all have room for improvement and growth, you know, emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually, whatever. And I think it's wise to always seek and strive for that, whether you are in singleness or in a relationship. Um, But telling people that they haven't reached the version of themselves where they're worthy of relationship, I think that can definitely be harmful and maybe even a bit manipulative, um, especially depending on how it's delivered. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, So I'm going to be just frank for for a minute. Um, Being single and in my 30s, even in my late 20s in the Christian community has been really difficult. Um, At times it has felt like there there isn't a place for me. 
Um, Saturdays, which is my rest or my church day or Sabbath, as I like to call it, um, can be really difficult and lonely. Um, I don't have a partner to do church or, or ministry with, and sitting by myself at church is really hard. Um, a few years ago, a friend and I were talking about this very thing, and he said, there's no space in the church to just be single, and those that are single are constantly be re- being reminded of a reality that isn't theirs. And I was just like, yes. And I really resonated with that then, and I resonated I resonate with it still um, today. And I, I think that there's truth in that statement, um, but it's not just in the church. Like there are lies within society that can make you feel like you're doing life wrong if you're not with someone. The music you listen to, the movies and TV shows that you watch, like all, all this sort of stuff. Um, and, and there have been times just honestly, when, you know, people who are younger than me or close friends, they get engaged, get married and start a family. And on one hand, I'm so excited for them because they've met someone and they've decided to commit their life to that person. Um, you know, they're bringing life into the world. Um, and then on the other hand, I can be jealous and and envious of, of what they have. And I think, as, as we've mentioned in other episodes, like you can hold the tension and you can hold both of those um, in your hands. And I think it's really important to, you know, acknowledge both of those, those feelings. Um, but sometimes it's like, there's a voice that's in the back of my head that's telling me they're where you should be. You're just being left behind. And all of the lies that were mentioned above I have to actively dispel them and speak truth back into my life about like what is actually true. So as we always do, we go back to the scriptures and I wanted to, you know, discuss like what in the Bible does it say about singleness? Are there people who like are the pillars of singleness like in the Bible? Like let's talk about this. Yeah, no, for sure. So I think there are several things that we could talk about. I think one would be just to embrace some of the warnings in the Bible. Because the, the scriptures are so practical if you just look at it like that. Uh, just practical counsel. And so um, specifically in Proverbs, two I just want to bring up. One, Proverbs 25, 24. <laughs> I absolutely love this. I'm probably going to make someone mad, but that's okay. And Proverbs 25 says, it is... Better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Now, let's get over the whole like, oh, you're just talking about, you know, rah, rah, rah. Okay, no, this has nothing really to do with, you know, husband or wife. Let's just embrace the counsel. It's better to live like in some tiny little dinky corner on the roof of your house than inside with someone that argues a lot. Right. And like, just, just think about your friends and people uh, in, in general, right? The people that you want to talk to and the people that you don't want to talk to. People that raise up issues, you know, and I'm, I'm all about, obviously, this, this whole podcast is about having honest conversation. So it's, it's different than having honest conversation about in different opinions, but just always being quarrelsome, right? Always being angry and having like a fight to fight, right? Um, and, and, and just complaining all the time. And so it, let's get over the whole, like, you know, it's not really about one gender or the other. It's really about, okay, just be aware, pay attention to people that complain and argue and fight a lot. 
Stay away from them. Don't marry them. It's better to be single and have a terrible little like corner on a roof somewhere, not even have a roof over your head, than to be stuck inside the house with someone that likes to argue and fight a lot. So I think that's just, you know, practical counsel. Um, and then the second one uh, is specifically directed at man, men, uh, a man, but again, it really isn't about the gender. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says, a man without self-control... Right now, someone's about to say amen. Is like a city broken into and left without walls. Right? A city that's broken into without walls. That means uh, anything can happen. Right? They're just a complete disaster. And we all know people. I'm pretty sure. Friends. Maybe a sibling or a family member or someone. That they don't have self-control. And it just leaves a mess everywhere. So... Is it a man? Is it a woman? No, the whole counsel is, man, pay attention to people in your life. If they don't have self-control, it's going to be messy and there's going to be brokenness. And so, yeah, practical, practical counsel, I think. And then also, you know, just the scriptures talk and in, in start out in Genesis, uh, in Genesis 2, 15 to 25, where it talks about how, um, you know, creation and when God made Adam and Eve. But what's interesting is you, when you go back and actually read the story in Genesis, yes, God creates Adam. Okay, good. But it's not like he just creates them and then says, uh, okay, now your job is just to kind of sit around until I make someone else to complete you. Like, no, it doesn't say that at all. In fact, it says the opposite. If you actually read the story, God creates Adam and then gives him a job to do first. So he had purpose. He had a, a, a task, something to carry out, a way to improve the world, name the animals, as it, which is kind of an amazing task, right? Like, anyway, that's another conversation. And then as he is working on this job, right? So he's not just sitting around idle. Like as he's working, doing, answering the call that God has for him in that space, then he realizes, okay, there's something I'm missing, right? It was in the job. Uh, and, it, 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 so, and so I think it's interesting that God actually, and I'm guessing it's intentional, like intentionally creates this space for Adam to experience tension um, before he creates a woman for him. And, and I just think it's interesting, you know, the, the lie, we were talking about lies, how we think, oh, well, you need someone else to complete you, or you're not really a full human until you have, or whatever. Like, no, our Bible gives, again, practical counsel. It says one plus one equals one. Um, it's not half plus a half. Yeah, and I think we can look at the Bible too and see a lot of examples of people who did really great things and, and accomplished so much, like a lot of the heroes that we learned about as kids. Um, and they were single. And it feels weird to have to be like, oh yeah, single people do really good things too. Like <laughs> yeah. there, there just were. And it's funny because when we were planning this episode, we do a lot of, of work on Google Docs and I had kind of made a list of, of single people. And in my mind, I was talking about the fact that, you know, like the stories we hear about these people, they were single at the time. And then Jason comes in and is like, uh, this person had a lot of dudes. Uh, this person <laughs> got married. And it, it just brought us to this conversation about the fact that not all of these people that were single in the Bible that we think about stayed single forever, but you have a story when you're single and when you're married, you know? Right. There were a lot of people who did amazing things in the Bible by themselves without their, you know, quote unquote, other half. 
And maybe they went on to get married. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But you know, there's there's story on both sides of that. There's there's a lot of a lot of people who accomplish great things. I mean, I know we think of Paul as kind of like the poster child, but like Joseph was single when you know he did what he did. And <laughs> I just he did stuff. Just whatever. I just feel like going into anyway. Yeah, that's another. And, like, and it happened to him. That's too. an hour sermon. No, no, but Joseph is an amazing. person. I just sound like the most uneducated <laughs> Bible person ever. I'm really not. He did guys, things sorry. Stuff. and. <laughs> It's early for those of you yeah, who don't know. And what's amazing about Joseph, just to jump in right quick, is it's not that he didn't have opportunity. Right. Right? Like, he could have had a piece. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I got a story to continue. Yeah, he had purpose. Like he what had you said. purpose. Right. You know, we think of like John the Baptist, Jeremiah, Martha. Like, there's so many people in the Bible that you can think of that at some point were single and at some point accomplished something. And they were single. Let's not forget the ultimate hero in the Bible that was single, Jesus. Woot, woot. Um, and I, I think another point to make too, like although marriage was created by God and it is a good thing, and I want to make sure people don't think we're bashing on marriage. Right. Marriage is a good thing. We're just saying it's not mandatory or the only option, nor does it have to happen on a certain timeline for people. Um, so many people live meaningful, fulfilling, successful lives as single people, either forever or for whatever time they are single. And yes, marriage is biblical and it's a good thing. But I think that a lot of the pressure on single people to get married is more of a societal and cultural thing. Like, why do we care so much about people being married or being single? That should be their personal decision and their journey. And if people say that they're fine and happy in their singlehood, just let them live. Amen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, I while I'm not single, I do have a lot of conversations with people who are single. And oftentimes it really, like it it hurts. And, and it, I get upset when people almost think like if, if, unless they're dating someone else, like somehow they're not a full human, right? Like, like there's something that that is making them incomplete, right? And, and I think it's just, it's interesting that, and maybe we could talk about this next week when we talk about dating, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. But essentially, dating is a process of evaluation. It's not status. And I think what you're saying, Danielle, is a lot of times we think, well, I have to be someone so that I can obtain a certain status, or at least portray to the world that I have status. No, that, like that's not, that, that's not the point. The whole point is you're evaluating someone. And I, so I just, I feel like it's so cliche because I say it a lot, but oftentimes people, when I have say this to, they're just like, oh, well, I guess, I guess you're right, right? But just this basic understanding that it is way better to be single than to be with the wrong person. I think another thing that we can pull out of scripture in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 25 to 35, we have Paul talking about um, the unmarried man or woman. He does say man or woman um, being anxious about the things of the Lord, whereas the married man or woman must be anxious about worldly things and how to please their spouse, and then their attentions become divided. Now, I'm not saying don't get married because then you can't serve God. Um, this is just one example where Paul, a single dude, spoke about the value of being single, that there is value to it. Mm -hmm. So to go off what you just said, Danielle, I think it's important to answer the question, what are the values of singleness? 
Yeah, and so a, a few quick things. I would say kind of like what you're saying, Danielle, is, and what's interesting about what you were just referring to um, in 1 Corinthians 7, so here's Paul, right, like the, the poster child of singleness, and he's saying that he actually uses the word, this is a special gift, which I think is kind of, wait, 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 right? So I give, we give gifts to people, right? Um, and the reason we give gifts is because we love them, right? We want them to experience something better, whether it's tasty or something to wear or whatever. And so essentially Paul's like, listen, the, our God who loves us more than we could ever imagine, who ultimately wants us to experience the best life gives, for some of us, gives us the gift of singleness, which I think is, is kind of an interesting thing. And what I find interesting is the word, in, in Greek, the words that he uses, it, it's this concept of God, this whole singleness thing is, is literally, God does not put anything around your neck, right? So it's like this space of, of freedom, which I think, yeah, okay, that, that's great. Another thing I would say is, you know, within this space of, of singleness is... It's this kind of a, this in space in your life to be intentional and undistracted. And oftentimes I, I hear people say, well, I just got to get out there and find the right person. I got to find the right person. I got to find them. Okay, maybe, but what if this is also a time to focus, kind of like what we we're saying before, but to be the kind of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Um, and then one more thing in this, this I'm, can basically guarantee that someone's going to be like, no way, that's not true. No, I'm telling you, this is true. And that is, everyone lies. I so believe that. Now, I don't, I'm not saying like we're lying, right? But it, <laughs> generally speaking, everyone lies. And these are my, my two thoughts. Because ultimately, I think, gen, now I know there are men out here that don't do this. I'm just saying, generally speaking, I think guys lie to girls to get what they want. Either financially, how they spend their time or how they look or how they keep their car or their apartment or whatever, right? But guys lie to girls to get what they want, generally. But I also think... Girls do it too. Let's be honest. Girls, yeah, girls lie to guys, sure. But I also think girls lie to girls. They lie to themselves to get what they want. Well, I know he did it to them, but he's not going to do it to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I know he did that, but he's changed, right? And so I, I could go on and on. But I, I think a, an aspect of the gift of singleness could be, listen, like you're not lying to anyone. You're not lying to someone to get what you want. You're not being lied to so that you have to give to that person what they want. And the other thing is you, we're not lying to ourselves about, well, that person, they may have mistreated that person or that's how they treat their mom or blah, 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 but they're not going to do that to me. No, 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 you're lying to yourself. That's interesting. Sometimes when Jason talks, like I'm processing as he's saying things, I just have to be like, hmm. I think some other, you know, in thinking about the value of singleness, um, I think we've talked a lot about how it can be beneficial for the single person, but I think it's important to note too that there is a lot of value in community for having single people in your community. I mean, singlehood allows you to, I think, be in connection and relationship with people in a different way than when you're married. Um, my friendships, and I'm not just talking about with guys, with both genders, changed a lot after I got married because your priorities have to shift, which is not bad, but being single gives you the freedom and opportunity to have deep and meaningful relationships and friendships with people in a way that you really can't when you're married. And the value of those friendships, I think, is often underlooked and seen as 
lesser or less desirable or necessary or important than marriage. And for some, that might not be true. And I think that it's important to recognize um, some of the people that I value the most are single people. And I think that our friendship is what it is because they are single. It couldn't necessarily be what it is if they were married. And I value those people so much. And I know that there are probably other people who, if you think about it, could probably identify some of those people in your life too. Um, I think too that Paul's point about our anxieties and focus, whether we're married or single, has a lot of validity because your perspectives and focuses when you're single and when you're married are very different. And depending on your purpose or goal or passions or whatever in life, being single may be much more conducive to that. You know, you may be able to just live your life the way you want to better if you're single. Um, And another thing too, sorry, I just feel like word vomit, but (laughs) the opportunity for mentorship and leadership and ministry as a single woman or man for that matter, I think is highly underrated Mm -hmm. in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we need people in all walks of life to lead in various areas of our community And I think that single people have the ability to do that in areas where a married person might not be able to, whether it's due to freedom or flexibility, their time, their life experience, you know, being able to set a specific example or, you know, having that representation for certain groups. I mean, if you're a single person in high school or college or whatever, having somebody who may be a little bit older, who's had life experience, who is also single, that can be super valuable to have that kind of role in mentorship or in ministry. And I think sometimes we don't acknowledge the fact that we need those people and that they have a really, really important role in our communities. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I think that there's so much to learn from one another, especially being in these different life stages. Um, It's hard to talk about singleness objectively for me because this is just so much of, of my life. Um, but I have been able to find so much value in being single, especially the majority of my 20s and moving into my 30s. And I've been able to focus on myself and really get to know me. Um, there's so much that happens in your 20s. And in- instead of having the, and I call it an opportunity, not that you have to, um, to give to another person, I've been able to give to myself, to my friends, my family, my job, my church. Um, that I don't think I would be able to if I like the way that I've been able to if I were in a serious relationship or even marriage. And I've learned how to do a lot of things on my own that I'm really proud of, like when my toilet breaks, right? Like I try to fix it first before I call my landlord, like these things that that make me really proud to to be single. Like I figured that out. Um, but I've also learned when to ask for help that I know that I can't do everything by myself and it's not good for me to do everything by myself. So like, it's really helpful. Like I got my second COVID shot feeling fine, but having friends checking in, say, if you need anything, let me know. Like I will door dash you food, like, you know, that sort of stuff. It's good to have people in your life that will help take care of you, you know, in those times and not feeling like I have to do it by myself. Um, 
but I've also been able to learn from my married friends, the way that they're in relationship with their spouses, with their self, and even with their families. And I can sit back and watch how they approach life. And instead of always being jealous of what they have, I can just kind of tuck it away as a bit of knowledge and process maybe for me, like how I might react in that situation. And I think that's been really valuable, uh, a valuable practice um, so that, you know, if or when the time comes for me to be in relationship, that I've seen some of these things play out. And so, you know, it's just, it's just another aspect of embracing life as a, as a single person. Yeah. So I think when it's all said and done, after talking about all of this, the question that we want to ask each other is how do we as Christ followers, as Christians show up and support each other, especially um, the people in our community who are single at this time of life? I think sometimes it can just saying this, it feels that the church or people consider marriage more important than singleness. And there's, it, it feels like there's a constant elevation of marriage and minimizing the value of singleness. And I think that it's important to like what we have in this episode is to acknowledge the value, right? The things that I have learned as a single person, I'm going to take as foundational into a relationship, into a marriage. And I don't think that we talk enough about that Mm -hmm. and how important that is taking taking that time to get to know yourself before you jump into a relationship, before you jump into um, a committed marriage. Yeah, because I think sometimes, and a church, of course, would never say this, but it's almost implied, well, there's something wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're broken. I think it's said sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and maybe there are some places where that's said, right? But... Uh, Oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. Right? But right, like, no, you're not broken, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you are walking, right? And, and, and I feel like sometimes churches and ministries and whatever, it's almost like there's this agenda, right? Whether it's spoken or hidden, to well, we're going to get you married off, right? And um, which, if that happens, that's great, right? My wife listens to every episode. Love you, babe. Uh, right? So <laughs> just want to throw that out there, uh, right? But the. No, you are not broken. You are a fully functioning human being whom God is madly in love with. And yeah, as we've Danielle has already mentioned, like you have a job to do. You have a role. You have a ministry. You have a space. Um, it's not like you must have something else in order to achieve. If you choose that, great. But it's not a requirement. I think, yeah, I agree. Churches could do a better job with that. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest ways to support and show up for people is um, to change our language around singleness. Um, I think we mentioned it. You know that singleness is a gift, and it and it's worthy of being celebrated. Um, and for me. And I think for a lot of people, like words are really powerful. So the way that we talk, or even when we don't talk about it, that says a lot. Um, and so I, identifying the lies around singleness and, and you know, acknowledging that these are lies. But as a church community, I think also understanding how we contribute to those lies, owning it and and adjusting the way that we talk about it, adjusting our behavior and, and our perspective on singleness. Yeah, and I think when we're 
talking to single people in our friend groups or churches or communities or whatever, just remembering that a person can be single and love being single and also be super frustrated about being single and have the desire to get married or not want to get married or just be unsure about what they want all at the same time and be happy and fulfilled. And that's their story and that's their life. And you know, letting them live in that tension and figuring it out, that's, that's theirs. That's for them to hold. Definitely. I was talking with a friend of mine and we, we talk a lot about being single and what I'm going to call quote unquote later in life, like we're older than 25. <laughs> um, but what, Is what, that later in life? Older than 25? <laughs> I mean, and, and when being, we're talking goodness. about marriage single, and Christianity. Yes. In Christianity. Yes. Um, all jokes aside, though, yeah. like we, we're talking about how there's so much beauty in being single while at the same time, like acknowledging the loneliness and sorrow that comes. And, and it is that living in that tension. And I think that there are really complex emotions and, and feelings around that. Um, and sometimes I don't know how to describe what I'm feeling, right? It may just be like a mood that I'm in one day and the next day, like I'm fine. And it, it's just constantly living in that tension, constantly grieving the change that's happening, um, in, in your life and kind of embracing the mess of, of that. I think I have a question for you, Lauren. Yeah. And I know you can't speak on behalf of all single people, but because this is something you're so passionate about and, for the sake of our podcast, you represent the single community. Um, if you could sum it up in just a few sentences, what do you wish singleness within a church community could look like or feel like in a way that supports and celebrates single people who don't feel like they have received or experienced that? Great question. Um, I think the first thing is to actually celebrate those of us who are single and not trying to set us up with other single people that you know, or like, the singles ministry being like a mixer or speed dating. Like, I think that that's well-intentioned, but also there's a lot of discipleship and mentoring that can happen, you know, while, while being single. Um, and, and I would love to see church communities pour more into single people, what I can learn in this time. Um, and not to just say like, it's, this is the season, you know, and there's something destined for you at the other side, because you really don't know, like no one can guarantee me that I'm going to get married. I hope that that is, you know, a part of my story, but it's not a guarantee. Um, and so I think just giving, giving a single people space to lead in, in a variety of areas. Danielle, I love what you said about, you know, the, the church community being able to, to learn and, and give to single people. Like there is a lot that, that can be there. Um, but I also think that the church needs to take notice of the people that show up first, that stay late, the ones that are showing up to everything. Like, are these all single people? Are you burning them out? I think, you know, as a single person, I want to find value in, in what I do and who I am. And because I have more time, technically, I can give more time. But there still needs to be healthy boundaries around the time that I give to the ministries, to the people that are in my life, and to burn people out, you know, because they want to give, but they may not also feel like there's a space for them and they're trying to create that space. I think it can get a little, a little dicey there. Um, but at the end of the day, single people need to know that they're valued 
for being who they are and not their relationship status. Um, So like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you probably hear over and over again in our episodes an emphasis on the need for community. Um, We need community, but we also need to know how to be in community with others. And by learning how to be in community or relationship with others, we should spend the time to better understand one another, their experiences, and their perspectives. I'm going to be honest. Singleness is hard, but it's also beautiful. It can be fun, but it can also be really lonely. It can be freeing and it can be terrifying. As we end this episode, I want to to specifically address the church community. Dear church, singleness is a gift. Let's spend more time celebrating singleness instead of trying to fix like it's something to be pitied or to be ashamed of. There's so much good single people bring to your communities. Please don't ignore them. And if you haven't already, start a conversation with a single person. Ask them how they feel being part of your community. Just listen and learn. Lastly, I want to address our single listeners. Dear single people, if you haven't heard this lately or you haven't heard it enough, Your life as a single person has meaning. You are so valued and you aren't limited because you're single. You are needed in this community. Now I'm going to say a few things that sometimes I need to hear myself. Sometimes you are going to have to be more assertive and invite yourself to the party. But you are not alone. Lean on your friends, those you trust, married or not, to show up for you. Talk to God. When you're happy, sad, angry, he knows all of those emotions and he hears you. Go to the scriptures. Don't listen to the lies that we've heard. Speak truth to yourself and remember those promises God included in the Bible. Do the work. Enjoy the time you have now and stop waiting for life to happen to you. There is so much life for you to enjoy no matter your relationship status. Don't wait to go on that trip. Don't wait to go to the movies by yourself or a concert to see your favorite band, obviously when our country has a better handle over COVID um, and you can do those things safely. Don't wait to invest in yourself and your personal growth and don't wait around for a man or a woman to drop on drop in your lap. It's not real. You actually have to go on dates, which <laughs> segues into our next relationship conversation on dating next week. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Alan Clark. Music throughout this episode is by Common Man Music. And a special thank you to Jason Derulo. If you have a minute, we would love it if you could rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. By doing this, it makes our show more discoverable. If you like what you've been hearing, tell literally everyone you know. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at We're the Outsiders Podcast. We'll see you next week.